Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. give Jesus a big hand clap. Wow. Pastor Ray Garcia. He put a post yesterday because I mentioned something in the message. Do I still have drummers? Oh, all you just as strong? Oh, I know. Oh, Lord. And I, I mentioned that I rap a little, I sing a little. All right, guys, let that be a warning to you. Don't, don't say what you can do around Pastor Ray, I'm telling you. All right? So um, I'm going to need a little bit of help if I can. I want you to just say, oh, nope, nope, nope. We're going hip-hop. We're going old school Will Smith style hip-hop. All right, I'm going to tell you a story how God got the glory. But here's the thing. I want you to say, oh, just repeat after me if you can. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Lord, please help me to survive. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Lord, please help me to survive. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Lord, please help me to survive. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Lord, please help me to survive. Three years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhyme, so I said this rhyme I'm about to say. Yo, who am I kidding? I wrote this yesterday. <laughs> I couldn't stop right there, right? I had a meeting with Pastor Ray, and this is the words he had to say. I got press permission, what's your submission, to go on a mission to start with Sahikin. Uh, Oh, my goodness, oh, my God, Lord, please help me to survive. Oh, my goodness, oh, my God, Lord, please help me to survive. So now I'm faced with a real reality. He said, matter of fact, I like your personality. Then I became the pastor of hospitality. Oh, my goodness, oh, my God, Lord, please help me to survive, to be continued. So there, there's the bucket list. I met the challenge. Now I can go ahead and read from Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. If you have your Bibles handy, grab hold of them and say amen when you get there. Yep, Captain Cool. That's a hidden, that's a hidden message for a friend. Amen. amen. Anybody else? And it reads, Jesus continued there with a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country 
and there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went to he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who set him to his who sent him sorry to his field I'm still nervous from the rack who sent him to his field to feed pigs he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, quick, Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattest calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebration for the son of mine, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come home, he replied. And your father has killed the fattest calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So the father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young, a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you killed the fattest calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and now he is found. He was lost, but now he is found. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the reading of your word. Father, we ask that you would walk it into the aisles and the pews and the hearts and the minds of your people. 
Father, I pray right now that you would begin to stir up the gifts that's within me. Father, use me for your glory. You say it, I shall repeat it in the name of Jesus Christ. Hide me behind the cross. Lord, let your word not return to you empty nor void, but do that which you sent it out to do. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer, let the church say amen. 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 The prodigal son. So this series, actually we close it today, it ends today. And I wanted to give you a different look at the prodigal son. We understand that the prodigal son just returned back in the presence of his father. We understand that he took all of his inheritance and he squandered it. We also understand that his brother was angry when he returned because he didn't feel that he was worthy enough to rejoice over. But we see that with all of these things going on, the father remained the same. He loved unconditionally. He loved his son, even when he messed up, even when he took everything and left. It's always the youngest one too, right? I'm the, I'm the youngest son. The youngest son always goes and travel. I, I remember I recall a time with my mom. And I said to my mom, I said, well, I was the first one to leave the house. My brother was the oldest, and he stayed back. And I said, but you never treated me like my brother. You know, I used to call myself the black sheep. My mom said, well, I knew that you would make it. I knew that you would be all right. And then I felt, oh, wow, she had more trust in me than my brother. So if my brother is listening to this, it's like a, it's technically like a Jacob Esau type of thing, you know. Maybe my dad should give me the birthright or something. I don't know. So anyway, you, you got to read the story. But here's the thing. Sometimes we leave our comfort zone. Sometimes we leave the place that God has placed us in. Placed us in a place to gather so that we can fellowship, so we can grow together, so we can be comforted by one another, so we can be in the presence of his Holy Spirit. Just to have that sound mind, that peace, that rebuilding, that re, re, reestablishing yourself, but yet in the word of God, learning and growing, being patient. Now your patience is good. God got you in a good place, teaching you, feeding you. Pastor Tower said, no, feeding you, teaching you, growing his word in you, meeting new friends and family, becoming one in Christ, worshiping together, right? It's a good place to be, right? And then sometimes life happens and we drift off. Sometimes situations arise. Sometimes arguments happen. Sometimes breakups. Sometimes I don't like what he said. Sometimes he challenged me a little too much. Sometimes something along the way has gotten to your ear gate and got into your mind and made you feel like distance yourself. And in that distance, we begin to get further and further away if we're not careful. Like in the pandemic, like, you know, for some people, YouTube actually became their church. I don't know how that happened. But YouTube becomes people's church. But this is the church, the church we're supposed to gather and fellowship together as one. 
YouTube can't give me that look across the aisle and, 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 and look eye to eye with somebody and say, yeah, that was my song that Scott just sung, which it was that time. But here's the thing. Sometimes we get distance away. And when we distance ourselves away or when we neglect coming together, sometimes the enemy just needs that much space to whisper something to distract you, to take you away from God's word, to cause you to stumble, to cause you to fall, and to cause you to sin. And the Bible says, for, for, for one, I want to give you the first point. The first point is all have sin and have need of a Savior. All have sin. And so, so nobody's in here is perfect. So we all have failed at something. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So we all are saved from something. God has brought us, even in our sin, to be his own. Cleaned us up, washed us, put us in a good place. Sometimes when we leave our comfort zone and our purpose in God, we untach ourselves. And when we do that, you know, they used to say that the light, you know, like your light is flickering. You know, back in the day, they say your light is flickering, you know. Like, that was a joke when, when they, you said something, a joke that didn't line up with the word of God, and you did something that didn't line up, they say your light is flickering. What that mean? Either your light bulb is about to go out, or the cord is being disconnected. Somewhere along the line, there is a looseness, some a brokenness. But if we stay connected, God can fix it. If we stay in place, God can heal it. We, we don't, as, listen, as believers, we don't have to leave the temple or the flock in order to get deliverance. This is where it happens. This is where the happens happens. I wanted to say happen, happen, baby. But this is where it happens, you know. This is where, this is where, this is right here. This is the molding room. This is the shaping room. Guess what? We all are being molded and shaped by God. We all are being cleansed continuously by the blood. It doesn't lose its power. So when you mess up, stay in place. Stay connected. Don't drift off. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't give him an air. Don't, 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 don't give dislike into hate. Don't let it set into bitterness because then God got to go deep down and get all of that. Or you can go drift a little bit too far and stray so far away. I remember we was at because Pastor Ray and and um, Lady Lori mentioned Berea, the camp. And I remember <coughs> the boat was untied. We was going out in the sailboat. The boat was untied, and we drifted out in the boat. And the engine stopped. Is there a paddle? There was no paddle in the boat. The lady did everything she could to start the engine. It wouldn't start. Now, I'm a city guy. I love water. I don't mind going out in the water. But wait a minute, you can't get the boat starting? There is a problem. But I got to stay up for the family. So I was like, oh, everything's going to be all right. Lord, help me. 
But here's the thing. I was, we were so far out trying to get back to shore. But God sent the rescue boat. Thank God for Jesus. But in that moment, I thought, now if the other boats keep passing by and the waves keep getting bigger and bigger and our boat can't move, but all it's doing is this, have mercy on me. <laughs> in Psalms 41, David cried this out. He said, have mercy on me, Lord. Heal me, from my, for I have sinned against you. I'm laughing because I'm remembering that moment, and I was scared. I was afraid. I, honestly, I was. I was afraid because there was no paddle. Now, if it was a paddle, I would have been all right. There was no paddle, and we were stuck. That boat was, yeah, well, I just, I, I listen, I, I'm not a sailor. <laughs> the Lord ain't called me from the boat and said, I'll make you fish this morning. <laughs> but here's the thing. So when they started that boat and it started running, I said, "Assure we coming. But I said I won't never take that particular boat again next time I take the other one. But here's the thing. We have a voice. We have a God who hears our cry. And like David, when he messed up, the first thing he said to the Lord was, have mercy on me. When you drift off, or if you drift off, or who is listening that might have drift off, just cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. David in Psalms 51, he had fell to a deeper sin. And Nathan the prophet had came in and had gave him a story. And you know the story, and he pointed out, it was about Bathsheba. And he pointed out and said, it was you, David. David realized he was at fault. He wasn't no longer in the comfort of the kingship, even though he wore the title. Because he knew that the God that put him in place was displeased with him. He knew that at that moment, the relationship that I had with God is not worth me losing. How can I reattach? How can I regain this? So David said again, have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all of my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions. David acknowledged that he was at fault. That's what God wants us to do when we mess up. Just acknowledge it like we're not perfect. Just say, I messed up. Have mercy on me. Don't worry about it, Pastor Charlie. Look at you funny and you think it's about what you did and I don't know what you did. God knows what you did. So that's your guilt, not mine. I'm just here to love you. I can't judge you. And honestly, if you tell me about it, I'm just going to probably look at you and say, oh, it ain't that bad. Because I done been through some stuff myself. I acknowledge my transgressions. So he said, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you and only you have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict. Then he says, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. David even takes it all the way back. He said, no, I was born like this. I was born a sinner, shaped in iniquity. I, I was born like this. I'm human. 
Then surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in my mother's womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. Cleanse me with your hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow. I'll say this next week. I'm going to say it again because it sounds good. When I look at that and it said whiter than snow, if you ever pick up snow, you'll notice that the flakes are like crystal, right? But when they gather together, I guess from some sort of reflection, it forms white, clear white. But if you look at the flakes, it's crystal. But when it comes together, it's white, right? He said, I want to. I need you to wash me whiter than snow. So what is he saying? He said, I want to be crystal clear. I want you to be able to see through me. I want you to be able to look in me and know that my heart is pure. Some of us, if you look at the, I said this joke yesterday, the red cups. Everybody remember the red cups that we used to put drinks in and hide the fact that we actually drank them? (laughs) Or we put the paper bag over the bottle or the 40 in the and hide the fact that we actually drinking, or a can of beer for some people, that you put it in the bag and you hide the fact that you're drinking. But David said, listen, I don't want to hide no more. I want you to be, I want you to be able to see through me. I want you to be able to see the clarity. I want you to be able to see the cleansing of the blood that washes away sin, that now I am a pure as glass, like a crystal clear individual. So when I do gather with people, we create a white snow. Ah. So when I gather like others like me, that we form a fellowship that is refreshing looking. Everybody loves snow when it comes down and when it gathers out in the front. Men, I know we don't like to shovel it, but we like the way it looks. And everybody like to take the picture, right? They like to take the picture. Oh, some, okay, some ladies got a shovel too. Let me be politically correct. Let's not start no movements in here, Nancy. I am all for you. Here's the thing. We love picture-perfect snow. Oh, it's a beautiful day. But it's cold out. You got a shovel out. But here's the thing. God is saying, I want you to be picture-perfect, clear, even when you gather together. Even on a cold day, I want you to be warm in your heart. Warm people of God. Right? So David says, make me that way. Make me warm again. Make me in my heart. I want to be, I want to gather with the people again. And I want to be a great king again. And so he asked God to forgive him and God forgave him. David knew before he was king, he was anointed at 12 years old. He knew God before he was king. He knew God in all his battles. He knew God when he fought the lion and the bear. He knew God when he fought Uh, Goliath. He knew God when he recovered all from Ziglag. He knew God when he fell. He knew God when he brought the, um, help me, Pastor Parker, when he brought back to, David brought back to the Ark of the Covenant. See, this is a participation thing, you know. We practice this. He just forgot. 
but he brought back the Ark of the Covenant. God was with David, and he knew that because David understood that God was his first love. That's the second thing I want you to remember. Return to our first love. You know, when we first connected with the Lord, when we first realized that Jesus was real and he touched our hearts and our minds and he opened up our understanding, it was almost like, yes, I am new. All things are forgotten. The old things, the sin is gone. But God really wants us to return back. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, he says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the first love. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do this thing you did at first. You if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove the lampstand from this place. What's the lampstand? God is saying that he will remove the light. You know, when you first were saved and you had this glow about you and people was looking at you like, oh, you look different. Oh, there's something special about you. That's because that light was shining bright. You know, that Christian light. You was like, yes, I'm saved. And you wanted everybody to know it, that Jesus is real. And you felt good inside. That was that warm feeling, that light that shines bright, that glow of the Holy Spirit was dwelling around you. And you felt the love and the compassion. You were connected. So the light was bright. But somewhere along the line, as time continued and the days unfold and Sometimes the months and the years unfold, we disconnect a little bit. We get angry at something, offended by something, and the light kind of drifted. But we know that comfort, and we know the place where we can find it. So here the prodigal son, he was disconnected. He was in a den of pigs, eating their food. Boy, he wish he was at Roxborough where he could have had hospitality. But he remembered hospitality. He remembered where he can go not only to get a hug or a smile or a warmth, compassionate person around him or a team of people that really wants to care for him. He forgot about that, right? And so he started to remember, I know where I can go to get a meal. Pastor Charlie should have cooked by now. I know where I can get a good word. Pastor Ray should be preaching by now. I know where I can get a hug. Venus is coming today, boy. Because we know that these are the things that keep us in place. Your warm hugs, your smiles, your thank you, your jokes about the Eagles and the Dallas, your, 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 your hey, Pastor Charlie, it's good to see you. You know, who plays today? Um, who, what's going on? Your, the Ricks, where the concerts are going on, where youth groups is going on. We know where we can go and find good fellowship in Christ. We know the people. We know that we can hear Pastor Crawford's joke across the room and his laugh. <laughs> Y'all know his laugh, and he does that laugh, and you know it because you hear it. You hear when Courtney comes up to you and look at you and say something about the Bible that have you scratching your head because he's such a great teacher. These are the things when Sue comes up and say, hey, I'll give you a hand. We know where we can go to find help, to find people that love us. We know where we can go, and he remembered 
I could go back to my father's house. And at that moment, like in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. But when he got there, he was faced with a, just a problem between him and his brother, maybe an unresolved issue. Maybe it was his brother that didn't say enough to him so he don't run off. See, it's not the prodigal son's fault alone. It's his surroundings fault. We, we all in this together. Like, honestly, like if you see me straying, don't just let me walk away. Catch me. Text me. That was my hip-hop. That didn't make sense. Okay. But text me. Call me. Say, hey, where you been at? We miss you. Call somebody. Don't let them stray away. Maybe we have to be on our job because we got to keep them in a safe place. We got to grow together, right, as one, right? Am I right? Like Martha. What did I tell you? I asked her to do something two weeks ago. She came in today bright and ready and said to me, you still need me to do that? I was willing. That warmed my heart because she remembered. No matter how distant and far she went for her birthday, she came back and she remembered me. That makes, that makes me feel good. When you remember me, when you smile at me. I'm smiling at y'all right now, yeah. You feeling warm and fuzzy, like, yeah. But that's the thing. When we gather, and when he got that, he had one problem, an issue with his brother. And the, the Bible says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. We are responsible for one another. We are responsible for each other's growth. When somebody's at fault, and you know it, grab them and pray with them. Let them know you love them. Tell them, no, don't stray away. Stay right here with us. I got your back. I cover you. Why? Because Jesus covered me when I was at fault. See, the brother should have done that. But instead, he was angry. But the father reminded him of his love. He reminded him. He demonstrated anger towards him. He demonstrated some sort of jealousy. We can name a lot of things, but let's heal all the things that we can name about somebody that doesn't represent Christ. Let's pray about it before we just spread it around and talk about it, right? As one family, you know, there's a lot of family secrets that we just don't tell nobody. And it's all right. But don't forget to pray for them. Don't forget to Lift them up. Don't forget to hug on them through their mistakes, through their errors. Love on them because we don't want them eating pig slop. We want them eating hospitality. And the last point is remind them about the freedom we have in Jesus. So the last point is we have freedom, love, and fellowship in God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with every increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is spirit. What's it saying there? If we as believers have faith and we know someone has distanced themselves or they're not answering your call, send prayer. The spirit loves to go on your behalf. Like, honestly, is it the spirit will do just like this? Like, if you have faith and you sit there and you, you want to you you, you send a prayer, the spirit is sitting there waiting like, yeah, yeah, what, what, what do you need to do? That's why he brings people to your mind. And he says, pray for Isaiah. And the spirit be like, oh, that's right. Let me go back to that prayer. Touch him. You might can't do it, but the spirit can go and touch him. Touch his heart. Give him a warning. All of a sudden, he's in a, if he's in a bad place, all of a sudden, he feels a warmth. It reminds him, warning, love. I know where I can find that at, home. Home is where the heart will be is. Home is where we can find rest. This is home. Come back to the place of your first love, where you first met Christ. Because at the end of the day, we are stronger together. We dwell in this together, we grow and learn in this together, and together we are in the presence of God. And this is the best place to be. The prodigal son knew that. He had the money, he just didn't know how to invest it. He had the wealth, he just forgot the lessons on how to keep it. But when he was reminded by sin, by sin, don't let sin be the reason that somebody comes back. Let love be the reason why they come back, that they remember your love, that they forget about their sin. This last scripture I want to leave with you is 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. It says, finally. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people were here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen? It's simple. We're all in this together. We rejoice together. When we see somebody return, don't ask them where they've been. Tell them it's good to see you. Love on them like never before. Get their number next time and say, let's fellowship together. Let's pray together. Maybe it's something that we can do together that will keep you a lot longer. Amen? So let's, as this series ends, our journey begins to recover what was lost in Christ and regain someone back to the fellowship. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Father, we ask that you would move by your spirit continuously in our lives and help us, Father. 
Help us, Father, to reach out to those that we know has wandered. Father, for those that might not be in full fellowship, that we will remind them that Jesus loves them regardless of whatever distance and situation they're in. Lord, we pray right now that your spirit would just move in our heart to be compassionate towards one another, that our love will just increase for each other as your spirit moves. And Father, as we worship in this next song, Father, we pray that you would just stir up a new joy in our hearts just because you are God and just because we are here together in your presence. Let no one leave the same way they came in, but let them leave with a heart full of joy, waiting for the next time they can connect with one another to fellowship and to love on each other. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.